I've tried my whole life not to be a public figure. Yeah. But, you know, and it's one of those funny, and so that's like one of the recurring themes, at least as far as I see it Mm -hmm. in the book, is that like this idea of like me trying to be a peer to everyone that I meet and some people like totally not perceiving it that way, either because they see me as like completely insignificant or as like, you know, a slave driver. (laughs) So so large in like a certain pond that like they don't see us as equals, Mm -hmm. you know? And so part of that is, and that like ties back into the Asperger's piece is that like for people with Asperger's, a lot of times you become an expert on something Mm. because um, it's a way to end bullying. And, but one of the things of coming out is it sort of begets, um, it, it sort of recreates that dynamic, you know, that like, no, you're not, you know, kind of denial. Yeah. Dynamic. Like you, you, you appear to be a reasonably normal person. How could you possibly have this disorder? Yeah. I mean, there's that. And then there's like the other people that are like, um, yes, I've put this together on my own, you know, (laughs) you know, it's like a, but it's more, and it, it like ties back to the like idea of being a public figure is to people that perceive me that way they think that they have like a valid perspective mm. on me, even though we're strangers. Yeah. And that's more the hesitation. That, that was my hesitation, you know, because I've known for like six years. Yeah. Six years, almost seven. And it's, you know, so it's like one of those things where it's like the first thing is you're like, well, um, how we manage that, you know, and I, um, and I've like talked to a lot of people that do this professionally, you know, sort of like managing persona. And I'm like, what do you do with that? And they're, you know, and I don't, I, I want to say there was a woman locally who it was her idea that she was like, well, I mean, you make books, so just make a book about that. Mm. And I was like, huh? Okay, I mean, I know how to do that at least, yeah. you know, like that's something within my skill set. Sure. <laughs> you know. And so that that was I, and then I kind of shelved it. And then I had this weird idea that I would like sell the book to another publisher. And then when our 20th anniversary was coming up, the um two of the people on staff were like, you know, two people in management were like, this would be a great time for that book, and it could be like the 20th anniversary book. Yeah. You know, entitled, and I was like, oh, yeah. You know, oh, actually, I mean, I think initially I was like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, and then it quickly turned around to like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I could do that. I mean, you you, you, you recognize the inherent irony about uh, writing a book about yourself and not wanting to be a public figure. Well, you know, it's like, there's Yes. I, I, yeah. I mean, that, that that's kind of one of the other like recurring jokes yeah. is that in the book is that like all of these idiosyncrasies, you know, 
and and that's the one of the funnier ones because it's like in the world you know in like one world uh you know in in terms of zine publishing i guess i would say that's totally normal like writing a book about yourself mm-hmm. has nothing to do with well maybe not nothing to do with ego <laughs> there might be a little a, bit of inherent narcissism in, in writing a book <laughs> about yourself but it has more to do with like exchange of ideas and like you know meeting of minds and like yeah. peers being peers you know it's not so much about like hey i'm so interesting it's more like let's learn from each other you know and i guess that's still how I think about my writing about myself. But I think as you pointed out, when we talked last, there had been a good, I don't know, did you say six year rift or so, you know? And so it's like, maybe that makes more sense. I, 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 you know, I, again, and I read, I read the book uh, re- really quickly, as I noted yeah. earlier. I wanted to, to try to, to finish it before we, we spoke. Um, but I, I seem to recall you mentioning something about, um, I don't know if it was like egoism or, or narcissism or something like that, maybe playing a role in the condition. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's funny that like number four in the clinical definition yeah. is like. Is clinical strength egocentricity? There it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but it's like I, I'm not, you know. And it's it's one of those things that like really evolves with age, and it doesn't go away, but mm-hmm. it 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 evolves, you know. So it's like when you're young, you're you just can't hear anyone else's problems or story or emotions or anything, mm. and then like as you get older, you're like, I am very serious about this. It's kind of, yeah. It, you yeah. Know? And, and it's like one of those most bad assical superpowers that you're like, okay, yes, I will take on this very unlikely difficult goal. I wonder, I mean, I wonder if it's, it's, it has the added benefit of making you, since, since you almost have to kind of like, force yourself to be not not empathetic but 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 you know force yourself to um really i i think you know be uh to to listen you know you say this a little bit towards the end to to listen more to other people and to really um take great pains to observe like um you know sort of non-verbal communicative signs that they're sending out i mean i I wonder if you know if if it can kind of wrap around and, and ultimately make you a more empathetic person because you know you're you're constantly forcing yourself to be conscious of that where you know if versus uh, other people who are just completely taking those things for granted yeah um i think that it's funny that that's um i mean in my personal life now people that have met me in the last five years they just cannot see it Mm. you know because it's like you you literally get professionally trained yeah how to <laughs> resemble a neurotypical person. You're like a spy. You know? <laughs> You're undercover. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I am a spy. <laughs> and but uh and it's funny though because it's like and that's the weird difference is like my in, like I don't have like I I physically cannot have empathy because I do not have hmm. the, the it's it's 
called the mirror neurons in your brain and mine are so dull that like I just cannot perceive that you know and so it's this weird like I have an intellectual equivalent yeah you know that like I can learn what to pay attention to that other people are known you know are born knowing and, and it's a weird thing but because it's like not instinctive I it's kind of fun because it I'm I'm so intellectually observant about it now that like most of what I want to talk about is what I perceive in like social mores of strangers behavior. Does that make sense? Yeah, has it um I mean has it has, has uh, on finding that out has it made you a little more hesitant to um to start to 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 kind of build close personal relationships with people knowing that there are certain things that you know no matter how hard you try you'll you'll never be capable of um it's kind of the opposite actually Hmm. so i'm at the point in my life where i can intellectually mimic that behavior yeah um pretty competently like as in we have like anybody that's worked at microcosm less than five four years like they are actually some of the more difficult people to to like see this as legitimate mm-hmm. because they just don't see me behaving that way now you know whereas um the and you know and it's the same way like people in the rest of my life whereas you know in my younger years i would you know you inevitably it's yeah it's it's a disaster you can't have that kind of emotional closeness because you don't hear what people are saying you don't pick up on what their subconscious nonverbal cues are and so people don't know that and so they think you're just like insensitive they think you're uncaring or malicious you yeah. know and whereas now I have the intellectual capacity to recognize facial expression and to know what that means. Though it is funny because now it's like there's rules that I'm taught, like don't ever talk for more than three sentences unless I'm telling a story or being asked an expert opinion. (laughs) And even that one gets dicey. Yeah. Because... You know, you, it kind of just like once once I learn all of the social mores, and then I see other people not doing them, I'm like, <laughs> "What's wrong with you?" Like I spent years of my life perfecting this, and you know, you can't be bothered. You know, and and like obviously, like I don't know what's going on with every stranger, but at the same time, it's like one of those things where. Now, you know, when I was younger, I didn't notice when a situation was awkward. Yeah. And and now I can't not notice, you know. And and so, but it does help. It's like I have a I don't know. I get yeah, I, I have a closeness with people in my life now, which I didn't hmm. have before, you know. And I think that's what you're sort of getting at. Yeah. Well, are you <laughs> I mean, are are you is it is it just kind of an inherent part of the way you relate to people now, or is it something that's kind of always in, in, in the back of your head? 
Um, it is what? Uh, j- j- um, you know, these again, these these sort of these um, these rules that you've 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 had to teach yourself. Are, are you constantly thinking about them as you're trying to interact with people? Well, yes, um, but it's like for me, rules and order are a comfort, not like a stressor or a hindrance. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. Like, when I have a format to abide by, like, that works really well for me because I know what expectations are. And I know Mm. how other people will be engaging with me. You know, so it's funny, but it actually is the biggest help, you know? Did did you... You know, as you you, um, found this... I'm, I'm, I'm... uh, forgive me, I, I I don't remember exactly how the um, chronology of of all this lines up, but um, you know, mm-hmm. with regards to uh, your your relationship ending, which is something that you go into in, in depth here, and and all the fallout from that, um, and and the, the discovery um, that, that I guess is the diagnosis uh, of of Asperger's. Did you did you have a moment where you sort of went back and looked at some of your past behaviors and and um insofar as how uh how you know obviously you know it sounds like there's um probably fault on on both sides as there always is in relationships but um you know did did you i mean was it clear that 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 the that condition played a big role in your sort of inability to 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 continue that relationship oh absolutely yeah um and that's that's actually like one of the um uh features of diagnosis is you have to have a failure you mm. know like the the condition has to cause failure in your life you know and i had sort of narrowly dodged that for the first 20 five 27 years of my life somehow you know uh and i you know i i never i mean mostly just because like i was not you know i was essentially invisible in school and you know i didn't go to college and i didn't you know um and so and i you know and i started microcosm when i was 18 so i didn't have to you know have that i you know and i had jobs but i didn't take them seriously enough to like it get to the point where I would get fired. So that was the real, yeah, the, um, my, my marriage was the real failure that brought it to light. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it sounds a little bit like this sort of, um, you know, the classic addiction of, of having to, having to hit bottom, you know, before, before you seek help. Right. Because it's like, for most people, they would get diagnosis when they have children, and I have no children, or they would, if they were younger than I was, they would get diagnosed when they were, you know, in school of a certain age, you know, teachers would know what to look for, and then they would be sort of filtered out that way. Yeah. But I sort of missed every check, you know? So yeah, it did require me hitting bottom, yeah. which, you know... And I, I tried to frame it in that way, too, because I think it makes a better narrative. And it's like, as far as objective as I can be, that's like how it happened, you know. 
Um, but yeah, the the whole you know, and I yeah, and obviously there was mutual fault, mm-hmm. but I would say by and large that was driven by the fact that I was not diagnosed and nobody had any idea what we were dealing with, yeah. you know? And so it was this constant, like, missing each other, you know? Um, There's a really interesting moment where, um, you know, you first you, you first kind of figure it out. I mean, you haven't been fully diagnosed at that point, but it's it's kind of dawned on you that it's, um, that that's probably what's going on. And, and, um, you know, it's, there, there's a, there, there's a number of different reactions from different people, but the one that really struck me is, and I I don't remember who said it, but was, was the friend who said, um, you know, that it was, it was something that you were basically using to kind of excuse some of your, your past behavior. Um, oh yeah. I mean, I think people could read it that way. Um, but I don't, I mean, I never, expressed it that way but i think that was part of the the fear was that like i was a very very frustrating person to deal with Mm. because you could tell me something and i do not understand either why because you know to me talking is solely for the purpose of exchanging information sure and so and then when you like think about that you're like most people talk for like yeah. creating emotional proximity or like you know bonding or sure or like sharing a common experience and none of that ever made any sense to me and then on top of that it was this constant like you know i'm trying to tell you how i feel about something by beating around the bush and yeah. I'm just never, ever, ever going to hear them saying that. So I think when I was first, I, you know, there, there's like a series of preliminary diagnoses before you get like a proper, mm-hmm. you know, this is where you land on this thing, on this page of this, you know, of uh, the diagnostic manual, um, is that people saw it as like, okay, this is just an excuse you know, because, yeah. and I think that's like, because I was so logical to a fault that me having that, you know, I think yeah. they could see that as like an out. And, you know, and it's, a, it's weird because, and, and that's like a perfect example of missing each other, you know, is the like, I'm saying I have this big revelation and I, we don't have to be bumping into each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And what they hear is, oh, not my fault, you know? Yeah. And that, that's totally fascinating to me, like, that, that, and, you know, and it's, like, for me, perspectives, like, learning that two people could have two different perspectives and nobody is wrong, Mm. like, that totally blew my mind at first, like, (laughs) to learn about that, you know? (laughs) Of of just, just sort of uh, relativity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, and, like, because it's, you know, like, I've, I had made documentaries for years, and it's, like, two people can tell the same story yeah. and totally make themselves both look, you know, like the victim or like the good person or, you know, hmm. and, and in one, and I, you know, and at the time I had learned about perspective, I was making a movie about that featured like, you know, the police who had been 
prosecuted for, you know, a legal activity and I interviewed their acting captain and everybody sort of told the story in a way where they were the one that was wronged. And I was like, well, then obviously someone is lying, hmm. but learning about this, I'm like, oh my God, everyone can just see it their own way. And that's what directed their behavior in the first place. Yeah. It's not like they're trying to justify what they did. They, you know, and then that's like, oh my God. And this is every aspect of my life since birth. And like, since the dawn of time, you know, it's like, we don't have to see eye to eye. Like we don't even have to agree to be friends with each other. But it's like, if people don't feel like I hear their perspective, then they're like, it's it's like the biggest diss, you know. It's it's interesting too. I mean, it, you know, it seems like um, part, maybe maybe part of the reason why 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 punk rock is a is a good fit is is you know in a, in a lot of ways when it comes to um, certain ideas ideas of kind of of society and morality and the way we deal with each other. It kind of it it sort of deals in those absolutes, so it's a lot easier for you to wrap your brain around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that it was the didactic nature of it that really drew me to it. Yeah. You know, from like when I was 13 or 14, even I was like immediately like, this is the thing, you know, and it was and it served me pretty well until I was 30, 31, you know. Yeah. And it was about that point where I was like, wait a minute. No, you know, and it was. It was before I was diagnosed, but not long, you know, when I realized sort of like, wait a minute. Well, it's interesting. I mean, part of that, part of that too, is that, that kind of that transformation that, that a lot of people go through at a certain point in their life when, you know, they realize that like, um, that, uh, comp, you know, that compromises maybe, maybe need to sort of be made, you know, when, when you get to a point in your life when, I don't know, maybe you want to be like a little bit more comfortable or when it comes to, um, some of the, the decisions that were made around uh, around the company and you know distribution, you know dealing with uh, distributors, putting you in in chain bookstores that you you probably wouldn't right. have wanted it in the first place. Yeah, and that's yeah things like that totally. And it's a weird one where um, yeah, you know, <laughs> and I hate. I really hate to be the, like the like I was totally into punk and then I got old and got my yeah. sense and moderated because it's not like that, you know. It maybe a little bit. It's maybe a little bit like. Let's be honest. It's a little bit like that. I, I, I mean, we can have a different perspective now. I but I don't. I mean, because it's like I. I mean, and I and I guess maybe in a certain sense it's that way, but it's like it's not that my views changed like I still feel the same way that I, I and it's weird because I try I actually tried to moderate my views you know five and ten years ago and it's like it it would not happen yeah. you know and so like my my views are as extreme as they ever were but mm. I just have a much more nuanced analysis I guess yeah and and it's you know, and, and that's the part that like kind of bums me out because it's just so hard to explain that to young punk rockers because they just it's like the my <laughs> way or the highway thing, you know. Yeah. And and it's very much the like, well, you're black or you're white, you're right or you're wrong, you know. There's no, we're not we we deal in absolutes. Yeah. And and I don't, you know, and I still have this total like, it's still 
cracks me up to think that like our books are sold in Barnes and Noble, you know, because that is so hilarious to me that like in my mind, I'm like, how do they not know better? You know, like how did that, like who made the mistake of buying these books, yeah. you know? But at the same time, it's like, that's their call, you know? And, and it's weird because like as a book publishing company, it's there's very little crossover like like you, you you discover or i discovered that like punk rock is literally a marketing term you know mm-hmm. and there are stores that respond very well to it and there are others that are like so over we're not we don't deal on yeah. that and it's not like an ethic or like something that guides decision making it's like it's something that, that you sell, you know, and, and that, that is still a little hard for me because I'm like, but it's this, you know, it's this earnest sort of meaningful thing that changes lives. Yeah. But sold and packaged and, you know, and I, and that's, I don't know, maybe that's a little tired of a thing to say. Well, but. yeah, but, but, you know, and, and one of the things you're working on is getting a, you know, I guess sort of getting better at accepting some nuance. And I, I, I think that's, that's part of it. I mean, I think all of these disparate things can exist and apply to the same concept at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. And I, but I, I think of it as, you know, it's like, how do I put it? It's like, on one hand, you know, like we have a bottom line that like we have to bring in the same amount of money that we spend every month. And so like we have to make things that like people want to buy, you know, sure. but like we've never really had a problem with that. Honestly, you know, the problem has always been more like we didn't actually spell out how we feel about things clearly enough, you know, hmm. And it's weird and, like, in a world where, you know, it's just, like, there's less media and and I feel like politics are getting more didactic at a time when I'm getting more nuanced. There's less media? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, just totally, there's, like, you know, me, I, I wrote an article about the death of the blog because mm-hmm. blogs are just, like, dying faster than any other kind of media and that's really saying something Hmm. you know and and it's um but you know everything from like any way that you would learn about a book a movie you know there's just fewer and fewer of those things so i commend you for carrying the torch but it's like one of you know well I don't know. There's, that's that's an that's, I've never heard anybody put it that way, and that's really that's interesting that you say that because you know it seems like I don't know if this is just a misconception, but it you know it seems like the problem right now is you know the signal to noise ratio that there's there's just too there's too many outlets out there, or you know that that you know that everybody you know everybody kind of has has a venue and everybody's out there producing some some sort of content. So I mean, isn't there you know versus like the days when there were you know five five TV channels, you know, everybody's right. like, yeah. everybody is, everybody's a, a, a producer of media. Everybody's a producer of content. So, I mean, isn't the, isn't the, just the, the, the sum greater than what it was before? 
I don't think so because I see it more like there's m- more people selling things and fewer people reporting the news. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the news in the most, like, abstract way. Hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? So it's like... But isn't everybody on Twitter reporting <laughs> some some form of something? That is very wishful thinking. But, and I and I would like that. But, and that's where I'm getting at. It's like, and that's why nuance is going away. And hmm. doing Twitter is very didactic simply by, like, the demands of it. Yeah. You know, and and I think, you know, the demand of on every level, like of content, of like how you would draw attention to yourself, of how you know, like you would need to stand out through reputation of the extension of like consistency and and then you know even just like character limit, like by definition, it's like limiting of yeah. message you know okay well let, let, let's let's um we, we you know i think we, we we keep um you know pulling out a bit and getting a little more abstract and i want to get back to um to 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 you and 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 the book um oh yeah and, and i'm just sort of wondering you know where you where you are right now you know just in terms of um you know this 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 book is out there you've 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 told told your story um i mean what is what does life look like for you right now um I mean, I'm, I, it's funny, I, every, you know, I have gotten a lot of feedback. I sent out copies to all of our authors Mm -hmm. who asked for them, or, you know, I offered them to everyone and I sent them to everyone who accepted. Um, And I sent them to reviewers and things like that. Yeah. Um, And I... You know, I, I generally would give them to friends and things like that. And it's funny because it's like, I'm sure you've heard this from everyone that's ever written a book, is that by the time the sure. book pubs, sure. you're you're so moved on from yeah. the contents of that book, you know? And for me, like one of the biggest problems of Asperger's is stress management and... Um, I don't even know what the word would be. I mean, they call it, they, they clinically, they call it meltdowns, you mm. know, that you're basically, when anything disrupts a routine, it, it like increases your blood pressure until you snap, you know, is um, the, the, probably the simplest uh, summation. And so, you know, part of that is like, I, I don't know the last time, you know, I mean, I get stressed still, but I've managed that to such an incredible degree that like, I am probably the most flat person, you know, like, uh, comparable, stable emotions all the time person that I interact with on a daily basis, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that, it's weird because it's such a total turnaround and it's, it's similar to like intellectualizing empathy that the having to learn about it and having an awareness of it has sort of forced and propelled me to like being more stable than other, you know, than people that would never think about it. And, and I'm, yeah. And so it's, it's weird because 
to the people that are reading the book, like I'm, you know, still in that place that I was 10 years ago. And in reality, I'm able to do exactly the kind of things I want to do. You know, I mean, I'm not in any kind of financial peril like I had been for so long. I don't have, you know, I mean, I'm happy like I've been in the same committed relationship for seven years, you know, my life is very stable, you know, and I, you know, I literally like go to work and come home at work from at, from work at five every day. You know, it's like, I, I could not have the, like yeah. more of a rhythmic life yeah. if I tried, yeah. you know, and, and it's weird. And, you know, and we're just cutting back travel, being at home more, um, the idea being a quarter of the year or less, you know, down from half the year. And, you know, partly it's like being at home, you know, and I guess it's like for so much of my life, I was so unhappy that I never wanted to be at home, you know, like from when I was like a kid to yeah. like when I was a teenager to like my twenties and, and it's just not like that anymore. You know, it's like, I want to be in my life. Like I don't want to be away from my life, you know? And I think that that's probably the biggest change. And then, you know, and it's also, like, my work is way more rewarding than it ever has been because, like, we have the mechanism and the reach to, like, do virtually any kind of book that we want to. And then we have the distribution. We have the, you know, there's no... We have the, like, the history and the life cycle that we don't have other publishers our size competing for the books that we want to do. Mm -hmm. And that's, that makes my job just way more fun because, you know, nothing is time sucking, like arguing over a contract or like having to match terms or, you know, or like talking big, you know, to like create matched expectations yeah. with someone else that like simply has more money, more resources than we do, you know? And that's, like, I don't have to, you know, and, and my strategy was always like, this is what we can offer you, period, you know, and people would be like, okay, uh, this other person's offering this, and I'd be like, all right, that sounds like a good deal, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, I can't play that game, you know, and now we don't have to, yeah. you know, I guess is part of it, um, and Honestly, getting along with everyone around me, it's really rewarding. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, yeah. I, I say that to anyone else out there who has Asperger's yeah. unmanaged. You yeah. know, it's like nothing is better than like not having that unpredictable stress. Because like the worst part about it is you never know how anybody feels about anything. So everybody feels volatile and like, unpredictable and you just don't know what's going on around you and now you know and i and like there's still moments where like i have fear that like that that's going on and then like everybody will laugh at my joke and it will apparently not be that way you know and you know it's like i feel i do not relate with the work of my former self, you know? Hmm. And that's like the weirdest, like I, I did a, 
um, we, we made a zine uh, 10 years ago for our 10th anniversary, and I wrote probably 70, 80% of the content myself. And um, that uh, I tried to reread it uh, when I was writing the book, and I just couldn't do it because it's so, to me, it's like so bad. It's like, I just don't think like that. I don't. Yeah, I mean, right part like of that, that. I mean, part of that is just, uh, I think, the natural process of getting older and maturing. I mean, I think you know everybody experiences that to some degree of not being able to go back. You know, not really necessarily recognizing themselves from from ten years ago. But obviously, you've had a more kind of radical transformation, or at least more radical realization. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess there's that. Um, but but it's more than that too, because it's like I read it and I'm like, who construct? I'm, well, I don't know. I guess everybody probably criticizes themselves, but it's more like I read it and I have no memory yeah, of it of who that person was. And I, I, it, it, it right it makes me curious, like if I actually did it, you know, if all <laughs> that kind of thing. And I, you know, it's kind of the same way when I look at photos of myself, you know. And I, and that's, and I don't know how to explain it more than that though i've seen other people that get adult diagnoses say similar things and that makes me think that there's that it's that there's something to it yeah. you know that it's more than just you know it's like you and and for me it's almost like a stark line you know like i read things that i wrote five six years ago and i'm like I like this. I think this is good, you know, whereas that never would have flew with me before. I kind of would like finish something, put it down be done with it. Never look at it again. Cause I'm like, Oh, yeah. you know, I bet there's typos in it. I bet it's bad. I bet I don't like it. I bet I would do it differently now. Whereas like, you know, maybe that's just like refined mm -hmm. craft or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, you, 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 you touched on this earlier, you know, you mentioned that like, uh, you know, again, what seems what's, what seems probably to most of us like a very basic idea that life is just better when you get along with the people around you. But you know, <laughs> you're in a, um, but but uh, you know, Portland is a is a small, a relatively small town. You know, compared to like New York and other cities, and it's a you know it's a small community, and then it's an even smaller community. Obviously, when you drill down and are dealing with like the the, the Portland zine community and you know, the Portland self publishing community and the Portland bicycle community, um, yeah, you know, and based on what's happened to you in, in 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 the past decade i mean there's a lot of kind of fractured relationships in there and i'm wondering if you feel like you know part of part of this process part of the process of um figuring out these these things about you is is attempting to go back and uh repair as many of those relationships as possible you know it's it's funny that like i mean obviously like that's a motivation i mean not a motivation that's like on my mind, of course, mm -hmm. you know, this idea that like people would really find this edifying. Yeah. Because I can't tell you how many people like insisted that I was crazy or mm -hmm. otherwise. And then for them to find out that they were actually right and that I'm agreeing with them about this, like what could be better than that? But it's, it doesn't really, it doesn't really work like that though, yeah. you know? And that's, that's one of those harder um, 
it's one of those harder points. It's like, you know, and I, and I, I would say that like Asperger's is about pain, but I, I kind of feel like it's not any more about pain than life is about pain. We're just kind of like self-obsessed in that way. So it's more like, you know, in the, you, they have what they call cognitive behavioral therapy, which is one, it's the, the mainstream sort of way of intellectualizing understanding of other people um, and understanding psychology that way. And one of the uh, cohesive, or uh, uh, not cohesive, uh, one of the concentric circles of that, hmm. like of a relationship is reputation. You know, it's actually one of the biggest ones. Um, and the only one that's bigger than that is like, don't be a creep. Don't, you know, like, don't stare at people that you don't know. You know, like, nobody wants to be friends with that guy. Yeah. Um, but reputation is the big one. And they really spend a lot of time going over this idea that like, when your reputation is in place, it doesn't really change. Even when you change, your reputation doesn't. Yeah. And so that's like one of those harder things. And so you don't really get to, like, you fracture your relationship with somebody, it's kind of done, you know? And so it doesn't really go back. And that's, like, for me, one of the, what was one of the hardest things to accept, you know? Because <laughs> it's, like, it's over, you know? Yeah. And then... yeah. And, you know, there are, I mean, obviously there are plenty of people in my life from my 20s, even my teens, that I'm still close with, you know. And partly just because sometimes you have shared experiences, partly because, you know, like I've, you know, we, we've mutually sort of forgiven slights. Mm -hmm. We've, you know, you come over these things. Or in some cases, I think it was a little easier for them to see what was going on with me and that I wasn't, like, inconsiderate so much as that I was incompetent, you know? And um, and so, you know, I, I guess I don't really... I feel like obsessing over, like, rebuilding old relationships is, is just, like, a path to depression, sure. you know? But I don't... I don't know. I mean, I guess... It would be nice, but it's not. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, it's like statistically, now to truly sound like an Aspie, it's very <laughs> unlikely. You know? Well, yeah, yeah, and, and, and these are the sorts of things that, um, you know, take, take – I mean time, time is, is, is one of the, the biggest factors there and, and some of these sorts of things that you just kind of have to let it occur, occur organically and kind of demonstrate just, – just sort of demonstrate, you know – that you're a different person without kind of trying to force yourself upon other people. Right. Right. And that's the whole, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like when you have no overlapping, you know, yeah. habits, friends, yeah. life, yeah. you know, you don't really get the opportunity to build a new reputation. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, and it's kind of, but it's like, and this is the thing that I didn't expect, you know, because at first, yeah, when I got my diagnosis, my first thought was like, great, I can now repair every relationship <laughs> I've ever had, yeah. you know, because that's like literally how we think, you know, um, 
And very immediately, what I discovered was that it's actually really traumatic for me to re-engage with people from those parts of my life because, you know, the way that they feel like they've had to react to me or the way that they bring up, you know, it brings up old patterns, not in my behavior necessarily, but like in how, you know, like being privy to like someone's personality, being around somebody that, you know, has hurt me too is pretty triggering, you know? It's, like, hard to do it, you know? It's hard to want to do it. And so, kind of, pretty quickly, I was like, okay, if if things are that far gone with somebody, like, I should not be, you know? Like, there's plenty of people, like, and and I'm at the point now where I'm like, I have, you know, and it's, I... I have enough friends, you know? Like, I'm, I'm at a point where, like, I have a social circle and but may, may, and... maybe this is a better uh, question. Maybe this is a better way of framing it. I mean, is there anybody who, you know, assuming that, um, <clears throat> you know, obviously this book will will, will get out there and, and, and certainly, you know, people in, in your circle will have um, access to it and will probably read it, um, you know, particularly people get really excited to read things that they, you know, may, may be mentioned in. Um, <laughs> are you uh, – are you um, – I mean, are, are there any past relationships that you're not open to the possibility of repairing? Oh, no. I mean, I feel it. No, I, of course. I mean, I, I would want to repair every past relationship. Yeah. But that's like, I'm also idealistic to a ridiculous level. Sure. You know? And it's more like, it's hard. it's hard to explain it, but I feel like, you know, and, and and to me, because that was originally my thought, was like, that will happen naturally now yeah. that I have the tools mm-hmm. to deal with this. But it really takes two, you sure. know. And that was sort of the part that I wasn't taking into account. And the fact of, like, when I hastily embarked upon carrying around my toolbox, I was like, I had not yet mastered the implementation of each tool. You know, and I think that just sort of further, you know, widened chasms, you know, that um, creating an expectation and then not being able to follow through with it. But I feel like, you know, and honestly, I feel like a lot of people that I'm totally estranged from would find this to be very comforting, edifying. Like, yeah, I feel like it would be the thing that had it happened while we were still close, mm, mm-hmm. we would never have drifted apart. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel like that in so many cases, dozens, you know. It it, it seems like, you know, what the next logical step or one of the next logical step, steps for you, and, and, and then this is part of the process, but, um, you, know, I, I, you know, I think you have over the years taken on the role of um, – educator lecturer um you sort of going out there and uh talking to people and you know in the past about um bicycling or or you know uh distribution things like that but um are, have you considered next steps as far as going out and talking to people about asperger's both with regards to um 
you know, their own diagnosis and, 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 you know, people in their circles and how it will reflect, reflect, uh, the relationships. I have thought about it. Um, I, I haven't, you know, I did one, I did a performance of one of the chapters as part of a, like a comedy stand-up night, um, storytelling. And it went really well. Um, but it's harder, it's, you know, it's harder to incorporate this as like a coherent platform generally, you know, hmm. cause it's like so out of left field in almost any environment, you know? Yeah. And that's where I've been getting lost is like this idea of like, I, I mean, obviously I had to become obsessed with this and like manage this. And understand and read about every facet of this. But it's, you know, and then it's, like, ironically putting me in the box of being the, like, self-obsessed Aspie with an yeah. area of interest that I will talk about nothing but, sure. you know. And, and I, you know, I had a, probably a year like that. And it's kind of like when you learn about anything. Yeah. Uh, well, when I learn about anything, I have that, that year. Sure. But, uh. It's, I want to do something like that. I just haven't figured out how to do it. And part yeah. of it, too, is the, like, there's a pretty broad misunderstanding. There's a lot of stigma. There's, you know, I mean, and, and that's one of the reasons I waited so long. Is because, like, I find it fascinating. But, like, you know, a lot of people, like, their their level of knowledge is so limited that they're like, well, I've seen you have emotions, so I know that that's not true. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, but that's not what that is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like that's, and so I, 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 a friend of mine was, um, I don't know if you remember, like in 2002, was one of the performers on the Trans Roadshow, and uh, like Transgender Roadshow, mm -hmm. and and then like went into denial about being trans after that hmm. because the whole issue quickly became I do not want to be the person that educates the entire world about what this is like and to be put on, you know, like some kind of circus to be talking about this. And, you know, and I, and I don't, I, I actually kind of don't mind doing that, but it's very stressful, you know, like I don't mind because, you know, at least at the moment I'm, still pretty like high on life about all of this discovery and all of my own like revelations about like not only myself but like all these like interpersonal dynamics yeah but you know it will wane with time and i'll like get obsessed with something else <laughs> and and that you know it's harder to like i can't just go to like the zine conference and talk about I have Asperger's. <laughs> Forty-five minute, you know, talk. You can. I mean, it <laughs> seems like you might be able to, right? I mean, isn't that isn't that kind of a good forum for that? Yeah, I mean, in a certain sense, but and you know, and I, I say this somewhat like because it, that doesn't necessarily feel like a step forward, you know. 
Yeah. And and maybe I'm I don't know, maybe I'm like looking at it backwards. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe can... that's what I should do because like that is the receptive audience, you know. It's like it, it, it even... is, but you know, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the maybe the thing to do is to treat it like any other book that you've written, deal, deal with it that way and then figure out um and let let things kind of happen organically from there and, you know, and see the sorts of interactions that you have with people, see what people's questions are. Um mm-hmm and and build something out from there yeah and it, you know and it's like we do well we're kind of winding it down after this next year but we do this annual like package tour mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where i'm nervous about it because i'm like having the book there is like coming out to a different audience that that inevitably will be what's interest you know and it's like it's the yeah. kind of thing where like we bring so much weirdo shit that like people latch onto one detail, sure, and that's what they want to talk about. And I feel like this is adding just a whole nother dimension to it, you know. And it's not just like one thing; it's like, you know, it's like a whole like it's like we're looking backwards. You know, every image in the television is inverted now. You know, and and I, it's harder to think of. You know, it's like packaging talking points like this would not be an advisable thing to do in that you know in that yeah. sense it's like sure it's like we're trying to have a coherent message and platform sure and this is like and by the way yeah, yeah you although know. you know although like yes and no but also like talking points are maybe not necessarily a bad thing when you're dealing with um you know a, a diagnosed condition you know when right. it's like when it's like an actual when it, when it's something like that, you know, obviously, like you need there are certain, um, <clears throat> you know, like m- kind of like medical facts that you need to bring to the table. There, <laughs> there, you know, there are certain pieces of information that you that you need at your disposal. Right. Yeah, and I do, and you know, I don't mind being like the public educator because it's I don't know, and I feel and it, and it is weird though. I don't know if you're familiar with um, David Finch. Yeah, yeah, a bit. I mean, he... My understanding is that he makes his living as a mainstream Asperger's lecturer who has no professional experience other than having Asperger's, you know? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Like, and that's... That's the best experience of all, really. (laughs) Right, but that... um, And I don't know, I mean, if you... There's a... um, uh, the the most popular Temple Grandin book, the it's called The Way I See It, mm-hmm. um, is, you know, like that blew people's minds is that, that she was somebody that was interested in autism spectrum, but her interest was that she was living with it, <laughs> you know, and that it, it's, it's, there's a weird stigma because you know, we're all like hyper smart and have extreme skill sets, but in a certain sense, we're like thought of in the same way as like someone that has deficiencies in terms of uh, performance or otherwise, you know? And so that's, I think it's like a weird duality, you know, because there isn't like a lot of people would never be diagnosed simply for the fact that 
they would never be pushed to the point of failure, you know? Yeah, it's it's easy, you know. I I I ran into this a a, a bit. I, I mean, obviously, it's something very different, but I, I think there are some parallels where you know I um uh I, I interviewed Daniel Johnston a, a few years ago at uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mocha, and you know I found that like people sort of were treating him as you know they would with sort of any 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 like any slow person or any you know like um like you know fully like mentally disabled person that people like once once they hear something about you yeah. they kind of completely shut off you know mm-hmm. right they do not behave like they would engage with anybody else yeah yeah and i i get that and i you know and it is funny like i mean it, it is it's and and i've had that like since i would um come out to people individually and even with the book two people are kind of the same way as they're like you know they they don't they don't go that way um i mean people have obviously but most people they treat it more like a you know i guess it's like any reading anybody's zine for a long period of time you you feel like you have an intimacy that's one sided yeah and i and and i more get that you know the like perception that or, you know, being treated like I'm still somebody that cannot reciprocate a conversation, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, or can't, like, keep up with somebody else, you know, and it, and it's, yeah, then that's, I guess, part of it, too. I mean, I guess that's part of the stigma that's, like, yeah, and it's, you know, it, it's it's hard, I think, to recognize that somebody like Daniel Johnston has limitations. Sure. Not, you know, but they have feelings just like, you know, like he probably is very, very capable of recognizing when somebody is being an asshole by talking to him like he's stupid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I guess, um, no matter, you know, I mean, no matter what you got going on yourself, it's like there's misconceptions about that and that, you know I mean? And I guess it was enough combined with the, the like fear that this would be like further leading to being bullied that I was like, I do not want to be the one that has to have my shit. So together that when somebody comes up and is like, Hey, how come this, you know, I have to refute all of that, or like I have to be the one to like speak to every misconception they have. You know, yeah. it's just like it's just like, it's that that part is an unfair burden. You know, it's like you know when I feel like the exchange is more like, "Hey, this is where I'm coming from. This is what I had to deal with." You know, yeah, you're my peer at least as far as I see it. Like, what are you? You know, what are you coming from? And I, you know, I just don't, there, and there's a weird, you know, and then bringing it back to the internet, it's like, there's a weird feeling of proving people's like individual persecutions or, you know, how they, there's like a, a just this really weird relationship with 
privilege and guilt and like manufactured personas on the internet, you know? Hmm. And, and so that was the other part where I was like, I just don't want to come across like I'm somebody else being like, treat me special. Cause it's like, that's, I mean, I think that's really the last thing. Yeah. A, like, you know, somebody work. you know, like I worked through my shit, you know? And so like, I guess I just, you know, that's part of the story. And I, to me, I hope it's a good story. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's like a delicate way of like spilling that narrative, you know? There you go, that was Joe Beale of Microcosm. Uh, he sent me an email a few weeks ago telling me about the book when he was first sending out review copies. And um, I, think, I think in the email he said something along the lines of, you know, I've got this new anniversary book coming out. The big shocking reveal is I've got Asperger's. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I love, I love the fact that he was working on this, this book for a while and decided that he was going to, you know, keep this, um, this secret from his life as this uh, kind of like big 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 uh big expose in the book but uh, really really fascinating really uh interesting to hear and you know as, as, as we spoke about in that in that interview and and as he talks about it in the book um this kind of this idea of uh having a conversation going to see a therapist and and you know when he first um even before he was first officially diagnosed with that uh having her tell him that you know, she suspected that this is what was going on with him, and then kind of everything else prior to that in his life just sort of snapping into place. You know, all of the the various uh, interpersonal relationships that he had with people. You know, he, he goes into very uh, very personal detail. It's a very very um, very very bare book in a lot of ways, and you know, discusses um, his breakup with his, his wife and uh, some of the professional fallout that that came about. Be, because of that and you know it's 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 sort of you know it's it, it, it's kind of it's kind of fascinating to to watch somebody just ha- go through these patterns in their life and then figure out that like yeah and um you know you can't necessarily chalk them all up to that one thing but there's a pretty good chance that it's played played a, a pretty big role in um really all of your uh, your relationships up to that point in your life. So, uh, fascinating book. We got a really kind of a big head start on it. It's not out until uh, March, but you know, I thought it'd be nice to um, start the conversation about it right now. It's coming out on Microsoft, uh, micro, on Microcosm, uh, maybe Microsoft. I don't know. Maybe maybe a new distribution deal is in the work. Coming, it's coming out in uh, in Microcosm in in March, um, and I think it's probably going to uh, create uh, quite quite a splash in that community. One does. Uh, thanks so much to uh, to Joe for taking the time to to do that. Uh, thanks to. Um, well, I actually edited this thing together, which is probably why the levels are all terrible and doesn't sound as good as usual. But uh, I'll thank Brian, as I always do, for editing the show together, as he as he does. Uh, thanks to uh, thanks to everybody at the Boing Boing Podcast Network. If you like this podcast or many other fine shows, you can check out over on iTunes. And while you're over at iTunes, you should take the opportunity to rate the show if you liked what you heard. Also, 
130 odd episodes for you to go back and enjoy if you just start listening now uh, what else follow us on Tumblr it's riwellcast.tumblr.com that is the first and best place to get all of your R-I-Y-L related information uh, the email address is riylcast at uh, gmail if you've got any feedback uh, like us on Facebook blah 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 blah, blah. we will be back uh, very shortly with another episode of R-I-Y-L 